The Gym Day Podcast is brought to you by Kroger, fresh for everyone. Now batting, number one in our hearts. At least he'd like to think so. It's the Gym Day Podcast. All right, thanks for checking out the old podcast here. Jim Day with you. Hope you're well or as well as can be expected as if 2020 wasn't sucky enough, it continues to get suckier. I would just say that. I know a lot of you use this podcast uh, as a release, as an escape from reality, and I appreciate that, so I'm not going to preach to you. Other than to say, boy, it's been a trying time, and... Somehow, somehow, we've got to come together as a society. We've got a long uphill battle, and we can do it. We can do it, but we are going to have to, you know, you reboot a phone or reboot a computer. We got, we need a full reboot, a full and complete reboot. Onward we go. Um, We appreciate the support that you've given this podcast and to continue the growth of it. Once again, I'd uh, ask for your help, particularly those listening on Apple, which many, most of you do. Um, Go to the episodes and scroll clear on down to the bottom. And if you could click on a little five-star rating, it takes a couple seconds. Five-star rating would be great if you enjoy this podcast. If you'd like to leave a review, that's great too. Not necessary. I do read those, by the way. I appreciate everyone that has left reviews, but um, the five-star ratings, though, go a long way. So if you haven't done so, please, we would invite you to help us out and click on a five-star rating or whatever star you would like to click on. But We hope, if you're a regular listener, that you will give us a five-star rating. Now, a lot of people have been looking, you know, ways to help out during this pandemic that continues to go on, and a lot of people don't have the means right now. Very understandable, but there's a way to help out for free, and that is to donate blood. And would like to invite you to check out the Hawksworth Blood Center. Uh, The good thing about this is that this will help out patients in need at the 30 local hospitals here. And during this pandemic, there's been a shortage of blood. So would invite you to give. And in fact, the annual Cincinnati Reds Week Blood Drive is coming up. It's June 12th through Friday, June 19th at any Hawksworth Neighborhood Donor Center. And if you donate, you're going to receive a free Cincinnati Reds No Place Like Home t-shirt, which is cool. Now, appointments are required to maintain social distancing, and to schedule your donation, a couple of ways you can do it. Call 513-451-0910, 513-451-0910, or visit hawksworth.org. So we invite you to do that, and that can help out and go a long, long way. All right. We got Tommy Helms here today, and anyone that has come across Tommy Helms or met Tommy Helms, what a joy of a person he is. So we love to mix it up with guests, whether it be current players or current broadcasters, former broadcasters, celebrities, and of course, former players. We love to go back in the day and introduce the younger listeners to those that played in the past, and what a treasure Tommy Helms is. 
Hope you enjoy our conversation here on the Gym Day Podcast presented by Kroger. If you've ever been around this guy, uh, you can't be around him without a few laughs. There's no doubt about that. And we're going back in time here. The great Tommy Helms joining us today. How are we doing, Tommy? What an introduction. I don't know what to say now. <laughs> Very nice to be here. How are, uh, are things in life? Where, where's, where are you making home now? Well, I'm making home uh, well, here in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Uh, had some bad luck in my life, but uh, I'm just getting through it now and all that stuff. So it's just uh, life goes on, you know. Had some bad luck with the family and everything, but... Uh, just trying to live one day at a time. I'm 78 now. You know, I'm just, you know how cars are. When parts get mixed up, you got messed up, you got to get them fixed. So I'm trying to keep them fixed and hang around here for a while. Well, we amen to that. We want you around there. Why, why Cincinnati? What, uh, what made you want to live here? Well, uh, I didn't ever stay here when I was a player. But when uh, I got, uh, I was coaching for Don Zimmer out with the Texas Rangers. And Zimmer got fired, so the whole coaching staff got fired. So I got fired on Sunday. I was coming back from Anaheim. was just finished the season with the Angels. And I got a call Sunday night from Dick Wagner. And he says, did you get fired? And I said, yes, I did. He said, can you get on a plane tomorrow? I said, yes, I can. <laughs> so I said, if he's going to fly me up there, he's going to give me a job. He's not going to waste that money flying me up yeah. there. They can interview me on the phone. Right. But anyway, I got fired on Sunday night, and Monday night I had a new job with the Cincinnati Reds. So I come back here, and I was here with Nixon and uh, and uh, Rap. And then all of a sudden, the Pete was retired, and he came in as a player manager. He wasn't retired, but I mean, he was right. uh, kind of dropping down a little bit, going to be a player manager, not mm-hmm. play as much as he used to. So uh, we had a good year. We finally we went from last to second. Right. Second, 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 and uh, you know the problem with Pete. Pete had some problems and all that stuff. Uh, I just wish he could get it straightened out because man, give me a job. He's my roommate. Uh, you know, you don't forget things like that. He's uh, he just things just hadn't been uh, went the right way for him, and I just hope he can get everything straightened out. But I worked for him uh, for three years here, and I said, well, what the heck? I'm never going to fire Pete Rose. I said, I might as well move up here. <laughs> So here I go. That's a very good point. Had he not gotten in trouble, he might still be the manager. You're right. And I I stayed on until 89 until the the situation happened here. And then uh, uh, we all got fired. I think they fired everybody but Tony, and then they got him a couple years later. Yeah. Um, But obviously you love the city. Oh, I like the city. It's kind of like – see, I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. and It's semi-Midwest. What the heck? But it's – Good weather down there and all that stuff, but I, it's not that much difference from here. A little colder up here, but uh, I don't know. I just like Cincinnati's uh, good people. Uh, it's not traffic's not real bad everywhere yeah. like it is down in uh, Charlotte, and I live out in a little section called Dent, right along the expressway to be down to ballpark. Thirteen minutes. I mean, I got everything I need around here, and I'm uh, so Cincinnati's my home. Beautiful. What was it like being a roommate of Pete Rose? Oh, well, we can't talk about all the stuff, but we were kind of wild and crazy. Oh, come on. It's just me and you here, Tommy. Hey, I know. I know. Well, no, <laughs> Pete was a great roommate. I mean, he was. He was uh, – I tell you what What he could do back in the younger days. It was uh, so amazing to me. He could sleep longer than anybody I've ever seen. He would sleep until 2 o'clock in the afternoon every day, and, and we'd go to bed at one thirty or 2 after a night game, one thirty really? or 2 o'clock. So that's he, the secret to all those hits, sleep. 
Yeah, he could see, and he would never go out early or something. He would go down and eat and get right on the bus at four thirty and go to the ballpark. He did that every day with a lot of all of us. We'd go well, out early or something. They always said he could roll out of bed and get three hits. So yeah, but not a lot damn of near doing that. We didn't do a lot of extra work back then. No, uh, I can't remember having extra hitting when I played. Really. And I'll tell you a story about that. You know how extra hitting or like get to field early in the afternoon when you're on the road yeah. and things like that. Do you know how that started? It started in Boston. Freddie Lynn had a real bad night, and Zimmer was the manager, and he said, uh, said I'm going to give you a day off. Or, I was going to give him a day of rest. He said, no, I don't need a day of rest. I said, I just need some hitting. I just ain't getting enough hitting practice. He said, well, we can settle that tomorrow. So he called over. I think Spark, uh, not Sparky, but I forget who was managing. Manager said, can we get the field for an hour tomorrow from like two to three? He said, yeah. They took Lynn out and worked him out, and there was, nobody had ever heard of that before. This is back in probably 76 or 77, 77. Well, he drove in 11 runs that night and got five hits, and there starts the extra hitting. <laughs> yeah. So wow. they start, we started doing it all the time. I mean, it was just everybody just kind of like like the uh, – what's the new thing we're using now? Analytics. Sabermetrics. Yeah. Analytics. Yeah, every, everybody uh, everybody's doing it now. So oh, yeah. It's monkey see, monkey do is if what you, it is. <clears throat> if you're around the team every day now, you would be amazed at the amount of swings that guys take now, whether it be – I mean, they, they work in the cage, then they'll go maybe do early hitting, and then they'll have the regular BP. Um, it's unbelievable. Between innings, they'll go back to the cage and take some swings during the game. It's yeah. uh, it's unbelievable. And I've always said, you know, your back can only take so much. You only got so many good swings in you. So, but these guys, I, are, I don't, I don't believe in that. I just, I know one thing: the coaches have got a tough job now. I oh, know, they put in so many hours; it's oh, unbelievable. But what I'm trying to say is, you got to let your body relax, relax a little bit, and let yeah. the, let. The, uh, how'd you get here? Because you got good ability. Because you could hit. Yeah. All right. Well, that ability is going to kick in every now and then, isn't it? Right. I just, I just think you think about it too much, and you overwork. I don't think, because I notice a lot of times, a lot of teams, not necessarily the Reds, they go out, they get a couple runs in the first inning, a couple of there, all of a sudden they got a three-run lead, the sixth inning, the fifth, sixth inning, they crash. They don't score no more runs. I said, you know what? They're tired. They've been hitting all day. I don't know if that's the truth, but I said, I've noticed that in a lot of ball games. Well, I'm tired of them not scoring runs. How about that? Yeah. I'm t- <laughs> it's a sixth inning. I, the game's supposed to be over. I've had my swings today. I said, well, you got three more innings to play, don't you? you got to finish the game. Oh, no, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, obviously, Sparky Anderson gets uh, uh, most of the credit for the Big Red Machine, but really the the foundation of the Big Red Machine happened in the late 60s, which you were a part of, and Dave Bristol was the manager. What was it like playing for Dave Bristol? Who most recently got his due going into the Reds Hall of Fame? And well-deserved. Yeah. yeah I think well-deserved. Uh, we, we had a team, I think it started about 1968. Mm-hmm. That's when we had gotten Alex Johnson over, and we had, uh, uh, I think we had Bobby Tolan. Maybe Bobby Tolan was already there. But we had a team that it was just special. When we was playing, before we moved over to Riverfront, it would have been a 70. Would have, I don't know how many home runs we'd have hit if we hadn't moved over Riverfront at uh, the All Star break. Yeah. Well, 1970, the, the, 
the beginning of 1970. Yeah. Even I asked Pete, I said, what's the best team you played on? We were talking about 75 or 76. He said, oh, the most talented team I played on was 1970. If we hadn't been injured, we would have just run the table. Oh, yeah. Well, if we don't get married hurt and Simpson hurt. Yeah. We had to, we had to bring up Milt Wilcox from the minor leagues right. to have, for us to spot in the World Series. Yeah. But anyway, uh, it was it was Alex Johnson could hit. I mean, we had all the way through the lineup. I mean, it's just uh, – I can remember one time I, I asked Kozuski, I said, Clue, you got to work with me because I got started off bad at the plate, really bad. I hit nothing the first month. And I said, Clue, can I get maybe get a couple extra swings? He said, don't worry about it. He said, just catch ground balls and shake hands. That's exactly what he told me. <laughs> oh, God. Big Clue just told you just, just catch Don't worry ground. about it. Catch ground balls we, and shake hands. Does that basically mean we got other guys that can hit? You just need to play yeah, defense? Yeah, we, we ain't worried about you. We'll score some runs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm telling you the truth. Now. I'm not lying. What was Big Clue like as a coach? I wasn't in his repertoire. He was <laughs> he talking to the guys that hit the long ball. <laughs> so uh, he would only be talking to like Bench and Perez and Lee May, et cetera? Yeah, well, he, didn't, he didn't say much to me. <laughs> I made contact all the time. He said, you make contact, something good will happen. That's all he ever said to me. <laughs> But, I mean, we had some mashers. Oh, you had oh. so much talent. Alex Johnson could hit. People don't realize he could hit. Yeah. He'd get 200 hits a year, and he didn't play after the seventh inning because they take him out for defense with his head. Wow. He was, he was he'd get 200 hits. Yeah. No, I mean, Pete He told talked. me one time, he, I believe this too, he says, Tucker, you hit when you can, I hit when I want to. And you know what? I believed him. <laughs> I did believe him. You know, his brother was Ron Johnson, the running back. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. And he was a – I got along with him real well. Uh, he's the one to kind of named me Tucker. Uh, but anyway, we won't get into that. But uh, Why uh, not? What, what's Tucker no, from? No, it's got a bad, a bad ending on how, what he called me. <laughs> but All right. Tommy we'll Tucker, have to leave it there, Tom. He yeah. was wearing sideband back there. And then they, he added a bunch of stuff to it. But I got along with him pretty good because he liked – he's kind of like well, the work. rhymes with Tucker. Uh, mm. All right, we'll <laughs> But anyway, he liked to work on cars. He read a mechanic book all the time. He ended up with two service stations in Detroit before he passed away a couple of years ago. Oh. But uh, he'd, work, he'd, he'd work on your car. He'd do anything like that. But, really? And he, he was the only guy I've ever seen work, but he would go he, on the road. He would go out and get the Bat Boys and pay them to throw to him, and he hit them pepper. Really? Oh, yeah. And, he, and sometimes in spring training, he would go uh, get the pitching machine and put it halfway up to him, get him a pair of – we didn't have batting gloves back then. Get him a pair of workman's gloves and just beat up on that machine at halfway to go as hard as he could. I mean, he just, that's just how he practiced. Wow. He never had a coach with him or nothing. Really? Oh, wow, no, he just did it, did, did it all on his own. I wish players didn't have batting gloves today. It's one of the things that they say, look, okay, what are some things that slow down the game? I'm like, Velcro. It's like they have to adjust yeah. their Velcro every pitch. I'm like, it didn't. It, how could it get it's loose amazing. in 10 seconds? Anyways. I'm glad, you don't, I'm glad the wide receivers don't do that. It would be a long football game, too, wouldn't <laughs> yeah. it? Now, speaking of Dave Bristol, he, he gave – Tony Perez, the name Big Dog, did he not? Did he? Yeah. Uh, well, we had a we had a pretty rough pitching staff, I think, in '67. We had Maloney, of course, he's going to win twenty. Yeah. And uh, and we had pretty good relief pitching with uh, I think we had Clay Carroll and, and Granger, and, and we couldn't get to that part of the game. We our pitching uh, 
starting pitcher was having a little rough. O'Toole was getting a little older and all. They finally got rid of him. We had uh, uh, McCool left, Ellis left, and all that stuff. So we was kind of building in the uh, pitching area. But uh, anyway, Dave Bristol was uh, – he was just the kind of guy that he's going to get everything he can get out of you. And he's going to make you a better player and a better person if he can. If it ain't because he – it's not because he didn't work at it. Now, he made a lot of people mad. I'm telling you, he's, he, there's a lot of people who hated him and all that stuff. But he didn't care. He said, I'm going to get you the big legs and make you a better man. And he kept uh, saying that. But anyway, the pitching staff's going real bad. They're getting beat up. We, we're scoring – a lot of times we'd have to score 10, 11 runs and win. So he had a big meeting in there. And he said, fellas, you pitchers are going to have to try to help the offense out a little bit. He said, we're scoring eight, nine, ten runs. said, we can't win a ball game. I'm going to tell you one thing right now. You pitchers, you listen to me. If you can hold them long enough, the big dog will drive in a winning run. And that stayed with him the rest of his life. Wow. The big dog and then it cut it down. Pointing at Tony Perez and yeah. said the big dog because he was, you he know. He said, if you, no if, you hold him long, if you hold him long enough, he's going to win the game for you. And that's what he told him. That's and then it stuck. Yeah, he and did. Then it went to Doggy and Doggy, yeah, it went on from there. Wow. What uh how the younger I mean everyone when you think of Perez and you think of Rose, most people think of the seventies. But we're talking about what? Pete came up in like sixty three and Perez came up with a third baseman. Yeah. Um sixty five or something. Yeah, what what were they like as really young players, Perez and Rose? Well, <clears throat> Tony's better be glad he went to first. He was he wasn't a, <laughs> he was the greatest third baseman in the world. But if you can hit forty five home runs and maybe let in one and drive in three, that's all right. Yeah, that'll you win like that. And look at Rose, Rose, Rose. He he just want to play baseball. You know how I mean? he he didn't know where he's going to play every spring. Yeah, but never never complained. All right, we will get back to our conversation with Tommy Helms after these messages from Kroger. Two are Kroger Associates. For the long hours and late nights, for the miles traveled and the shelves restocked, for making a difference in our customers' lives, for doing so much more than your job. Everyone at the Kroger family of brands and our customers say thank you. In a time when daily life feels a bit uncertain, your hard work is keeping America fed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fighting hunger means more now than ever before. And Sargento is proud to be donating $2 million in cheese products to help families in need. Feeding more than 1.3 million households across the U.S. with donations to Feeding America and other community partners. Sargento is honored to support communities in a real way, making sure that families have food on the table. For more on the Sargento commitment to fight hunger, visit Sargento.com. Sargento, real cheese people. And I'll tell you, that, what I really admire about the Reds and their organization, you know, we we had funny rules. I mean, Housem and all them people, they had a set of rules. And, uh, you know, you got to get a system and get everybody to buy into the system and how everybody did it. Our uniforms, we couldn't have mustaches. Yeah, had to have our no hair facial short. hair. Cuts on your socks had to be low like the olden players wore. Or they'd take them out of your locker. Or really? you'd get fine, Yeah. You had to dress the way they wanted to do, wanted you to. 
And they, everybody bought into that program. I wish they still had that. Uh, not necessarily well, the facial hair, yeah, yeah. but now the uniform. Now they go over their pants low again. So yeah. it's just a fad, I think. I don't know. But anyway, back in the 60s and 70s, they bought into that program. They didn't even look like a good baseball team on the field. They looked like an old team, but they could play. Yeah. And, uh, but on the road, when you hit the road, it looked like a fashion show. They all dressed nice. I mean, nice, nice, good clothes. Yeah. Like Margaret. Margaret always was a good dresser. It's like an inner competition. Yeah, it was like, I, I, I'm going to buy a better suit than you, and I'm yeah. going to do this, and I'm going to do that. But, I mean, they dressed good. Now, did you keep up, guy from – I did. I, matter of fact, I got the best dress one year. I got Come a, on. I'm going to tell you, there's a picture somewhere. We had a uh, uh, Dino's downtown here had a, yeah. had a uh, best dress red, and I got a Tom Jones tuxedo for it. I got married in it. <laughs> it was a Tom Jones tuxedo? Yeah. <laughs> Tom She's a lady. That's right. That's whoa, right. It was a Tom whoa, Jones. Whoa. Dino's. People remember that around oh, here. Oh, yeah. No, that, no doubt. Some of the uh, ones that were around back then are like, Dino's, I remember Dino's. Yeah. George Culver loved that place. Sorry about George Culver. Have we got time? We've got as much time as you can Now, George, George Culver is probably one of the nicest guys. He, we roomed together at home. On, we stayed at old Dick Smith up there at... Uh, Forget the name of the apartments. But anyway, all the guys. And Bengals stayed there. We stayed there. But anyway, George thought he was Doug Sanders. He looked a little bit like him anyway. But George had to have every kind of golf shoe Doug Sanders had, every kind of shirt. I mean, the bright stuff. Yeah. Bright stuff. You remember Doug Sanders? Yeah. He that putt that far in the, yeah. in the uh, British oh, yeah. Open? And, and uh, Nicholas won him. Anyway, I ended up meeting him when I moved out, when I was going to trade to Texas. But anyway, he dressed sharp. I mean, I'm talking about purple shoes. Oh, nice. Yeah. George liked that. So <laughs> we made a deal. George wanted to make a deal with me. He said, we're roommates. I'm going to pay the rent all summer, and you give me the money back when the season's over. I said, why? He said, because I won't have any money when I go home if you don't. Because <laughs> I'm going to spend it all on clothes. So wow. I said okay, but I was, at that time I was making a little bit more money than him yeah. because I just I was just the All Star game and all that stuff. Anyway, make a long story short, he paid the rent and I gave him a check when he went home. He said, he said I wouldn't have a dime if you hadn't done that for me because <laughs> he, wow. he he looked good though. Oh yeah, he yeah. looked good. That's what <laughs> yeah. was the thing. Oh man, uh, what was playing in Crosley Field? I mean, it was at the end of its era, obviously, and it had been around yeah. a long time. Well, I uh, see. I played there about five years or four and mm -hmm. a half years, whatever. Anyway, I don't know. I, it's, it's a, I don't know whether the terrain was like that for weather or snow or kind of like it wasn't really on a hill or nothing. But you had to walk up to for a home plate like this, walk a long way up there. If you strike out, you, you got, you know, them fans were right there. Yeah. Right there. So it was a little rough day if you had a couple Uphill of to first base? Uphill to home plate. The home plate. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Uphill the home plate. Dugout probably seated uh, 12 tops. No bathroom. So you had to go all the way around, go back in the you – know, actually use a, the uh, bathroom where the people were using. Hold on a second. You had to use the restroom where the fans would go during the game? Yeah, if, if somebody was there. I think they had a little small restroom. Because like I know you had like to a walk urinal, through. A urinal, a urinal or yeah. something out there. I don't know. But, but we had to walk down through the stands to get to the field. Yeah. And if you had a bad night tonight before, it wasn't a pretty sight sometimes, you know. I can't, I mean, imagine, a lot of I can't imagine that today. Verbally, you can get beat up.
Yeah. I know you had to walk through the fans to get there, but I didn't know you had to use the same restroom. I'll tell you, a good friend of mine, Darren Johnson, I mean, I, I, I don't know why. I, we held him back. That's the only way. I said, hell with them. Hell with them. They'll get them tonight. Heck with them. You know, they don't get in no trouble over that clown. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you had uh, you had a you had a you had a burger beer crew right there by third base too. Yeah. That wasn't a pretty sight either. About the fifth <laughs> inning, they done had them a few burgers, and they just ready to rip somebody up to make them. But who's right in front of them? My first year, I played third base. Oh. I was right there. I was I was just there. So we'll get on them. So that's life. So you had to just learn how to take it and well, live with it. What was it like making the transition? You go from Crossley Field, then all of a sudden you go to Riverfront and you're playing on AstroTurf. And it's not like other places had AstroTurf by then, but um, that was a whole different dynamic, particularly for an, an infielder. Oh, yeah. Well, you just, uh, when you first start out, uh, you know, you, you, you break on a ball that you normally get. And sometimes it just, you just say, well, I normally say that ball's gone, you know, so I'm going racing to, through there. Just, I have to come back a little bit or, or yeah. do something to uh, or you know, cheat, cheat a little bit this way, get the signs right. from the catcher and cheat, try to cheat as much as you can because there's a lot of base hits over there. Right. A lot. Of, he got a lot of them over there. <laughs> no doubt. He got a lot of them over. But uh, I, I think it was time for change. But then it got old. I mean, every, people want to see the grass again. I uh, still. I can't. I would believe. love to play right now. This parks. Oh. Got, hey, I'm telling you, the parks in the minor leagues right now are better than the ones in the big leagues that we started out in. Oh, I don't doubt that a bit. I and mean, I'm telling the spring training infields are better than they, we had in Crosby Field. Oh, I, I don't doubt that. And Pittsburgh. One bit. Oh my goodness. Oh. I was a parking lot. I mean, it's just it was unbelievable. What was that Forbes Field? Forbes Field. Yeah. Wow. We had my first home run there. Same place where Maz hit his. Really? Wow. Very nice. And the only reason I know that because a guy reminded me last the week, so many really? years ago in 1966, you hit your first home run in the big leagues off of Steve Blass. Of course, I can remember all of them. I hit well, that's a pretty I, good guy to hit one I off. I hit a 34 now. We, we can remember. <laughs> you remember things. all of them. <laughs> Well, you particularly remember one off of Steve Blass. He was a good pitcher. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, yeah, I don't doubt a, a bit that the. I mean, they have it so nice today. I mean, the the infields and, I mean, they're just almost perfectly. I never level see a bad hop. Yeah, there's very few bad hops. Maybe if you catch the lip of the grass and the yeah. dirt, a little bit. Um, some of the ones in the spring training fields in Arizona are really hard, just because of the natural. Uh, you know, it doesn't rain much don't out rain, there. Yeah. Uh, so those are hard, but they're still nice. I mean, they're pristine, so I, I can't imagine some of the uh, infields. I mean, you look at some of the footage, you're like, wow, there's hardly any even grass there. <laughs> no. and you had, hey, we, we played the World Series in Baltimore, and they just played a – Football game. A football game yeah. in day four. Yeah. So, did you see the feel on them films? It's done, it was yeah. horrible. When I was looking at the 1970 World Series, <laughs> I was watching it, and I'm like – I cannot believe this field they're playing on right there. One, you could see the, still see the football lines, but it was just tore up everywhere. The, agri the agronomist didn't come into effect back then. Right, and there was like just bare spots All everywhere where it's supposed to be grass. And the parks are old too. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't get no. Uh, groundskeeper yeah. was just a guy. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta have a ground. You're the groundskeeper. All right. Can you grow grass? Maybe. You know, it's just the way it was. Oh, yeah. Now it's a science. They got it down to a science. You got I, That's good. That's great. Yeah. yeah. What was it like? Um, you know, everyone talks about, well, the final piece of the big red machine was the, the trade that 
brought over Morgan and Billingham, uh, and you were unfortunately going the other way. Um, what was it like being a part uh, of that and missing out on what could have been in the mid Well, uh, I don't know. See, I, the biggest part of the trade was, I think, that uh, – that Hausman and Wagner and, the, of course, the Cincinnati organization was thinking about it was a, a speed in the turf. Yeah. See, we just moved into the 70, half of 70. I right. played half of 70 and 71 over there at uh, Riverfront. Right. Then they said, well, we're going to go for They got Tolan. They got uh, Rose was still running halfway decent. Mm -hmm. Then you got your power boards. You got, you got uh, Bench, Perez, and uh, Bench, Perez, who else? Lee Mays, and Morgan. Now you got the speed. Power, strong up the middle, speed in center field, best catcher in baseball. Oh, you got Concepcion, Morgan, and Geronimo up the middle. And then you get, then you get bench. a hey, then in the trade two you get a fifteen game winner and then Bellingham. Yeah, and I mean, uh, but I mean they got uh, good players, but people don't realize that year nineteen seventy two after that trade was made, we were five or six games ahead in August of them. Yeah. And they came in, and we had a, we, our pitchers got hurt, and they steamrolled us on. They beat us four out of five, or we had a rain out. Or didn't have a rain out, but we, I don't know. They they swept us. Is what they did. Yeah, four four games or five games. I don't know what it was, and they went in the first place, and that was uh, that was it. Were you bitter at the time when they made the trade? Yeah, I was a little bit because I didn't think I I won the Golden Glove. I had a pretty not a good year offensively. Uh, and uh, we were we were kind of a little bit close, you know. We got along pretty well and all yeah. that stuff. And but you you uh, if you think about the trade, Houston wanted first baseman or, or Ed, one Rez, May, yeah. Rez, all the Rez had to do was, of course, they got Mickey in that trade too. You know, Dennis yeah. Mickey. We need to move Perez off of third anyway. Yeah. So we throw him over there. They probably could have got Perez or Earl if because they, they just want to make a, a, a trade for the. Uh, one of the first basements, right? And then you get Minky to come in there, and then you got Davy, you got Morgan, you got Perez. And, I mean, uh, I'd like to manage that, wouldn't you? I'd like <laughs> oh, to manage that situation. I think I could fill out the lineup card <laughs> with, with but, that one. <laughs> but uh, it was just a good trade for the Reds. I yeah. think it was a good trade for Houston because yeah. we had a pretty good team out there too. Right. Yeah, and supposedly our pitching was going to be a lot better. Didn't couldn't finish the game. It was like they they got a guy named Jim York was supposed to be a great finisher from Kansas City and a John Mayberry deal. They had Mayberry. They traded yeah. Mayberry too. So he right. got. So we had a, we had Raider Mesker, myself and Lee May. And then you had Sedano, Bob Watson, and Jimmy Wynn. That's not a bad team. That's a pretty good team. We played pretty good up until August, and then we kind of kind of folded after that. But a little bit harder to hit a home run in the Astrodome. Oh my goodness, you crazy! You're right. I just uh, some of you guys had to hit it twice. Go out there. and I catch definitely it. had to hit it twice. <laughs> I had a couple out there. Yeah, uh, I always I've always thought about that. I was always wondered, um, like, wow, you know, the, the guys that went the other way, and all of a sudden you met, the Reds go to the World Series in '72, went it back to back in '75 and '76, and you were a part of the the building of the organization, and then you got traded away. I just can't imagine uh, what that was like. But hey, it's pro I ball, say, man. That's, it's, that's, that's the business life of baseball. Is, thing. I listen. Yeah. Uh, uh, the only thing I feel bad about, I was born. Ten, I was born ten years too early. Free agency started in 76. I wish I was born in 1951 instead of 1941. I, I might have got to be a little part of that. <laughs> but uh, there was no money to be made back then. And uh, I would say your 
the catfish hunter and, and uh, Oakland, the guy at Oakland, they, they weren't really started over an insurance policy. He reneged right. on, and it's, what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, the players, the, the money the players are making now, even the minimum salary. Minimum salary. It'd take Frank <laughs> Robinson five years to make that money back then. Your eyes just lit up when I said minimum money. salary. <laughs> Hey, I can't complain. What the heck? I get a nice pension. I'm, you know, what the heck? Uh, baseball has done well with the oh, pensions. Yeah. Hey, listen, I, I feel good because I feel like I was a part of, of striking and and not playing at certain times and doing things to where these guys can make this kind of money. Yeah. And I, it feels nice to be a part of it. A lot of people get mad about it. How can they give? Hey, it's no money out of your pocket. They get a better chance to raise their family. They get everything. Yeah. I'm glad I was a part of being, of, of them having this now, this future. I mean, this $500,000 a year for a rookie player. I made 8500 my first year. Good story about this now. Are we, are we all <laughs> We're good, man. Uh, Rose, Rose makes rookie of the year in 1963. Yeah. He signs a contract. Now, this is the truth now. He signs a contract after he makes rookie of the year. He hit 270. He signs a, he's making 8,500 a year. That was minimum salary. They give him a contract for 11.5. Ooh. But if he got sent back, he had to go back to the 8,500. Oh. He just was rookie of the year. Did that, did that boost you up real good? Make you say, oh, oh man, I got it made God. this year. You tell Pete Rose that. Well, that's the worst thing they can tell me. You know he's going to play harder. <laughs> but anyway, a couple of years later, I win Rookie of the Year. I'm making 8500 That's a minimum salary. That's what you made. They bumped me to 18000 Rose went crazy. Oh, I bet he did. He said, how the hell can they give you that kind of money? They only give me eleven five, And if I had to go back, I had to go back to 8500 who are you? I mean, that's just what he was about money. He just uh, – he, he Oh, was, you uh, have one up on Pete Rose, though. That's good. <laughs> I got another one up on him, too. What's that? <laughs> I would hit him in Macon, Georgia. And I had – you know, I'm talking about a lot of hits. I had 190 hits in 100. Really? And 130-something ball games. I hit 340, and he hit 330. We are a shortstop double play combination. Nice. But I'll hit him. And to this day. So were you playing short? Yeah. He was playing second. And to this day, the first thing will come out of his mouth if we're in a group, I still don't believe you out hit me. Really? He still remembers that. That was in 1962. His memory about seasons and games is unbelievable. Base hits or a pitcher or something. He remembers everything. It still bothers him that you out hit him? Sure. He said, I still don't believe it. I love it. Oh, I, oh, I can tell you some stories you wouldn't believe. I've, well, I've seen please times. Please do. Let's, no, but I've seen moment. times when he's on the bench, and maybe Gaylord was throwing a spitter and got him out. He'd yeah. be up on the rail and says, Gaylord, you know you got to cheat to get me out. You know you got to cheat to get me And hollering at him. Really? I said, Pete, leave him alone. i got to go up there. He's a right-handed pitcher, and I'm a right-handed hitter. It ain't that nice. i got to hit the spitball and the slider. You know what he told me? He said, I can't help but your daddy didn't teach you how to switch hit. I mean, that was right on the bench. Things like that would come out of his mouth. I couldn't believe him. It was unbelievable. I love it. So he was just fired up all the time? All the time. And a good, I'm telling you, he's a good roommate. He, he was. Uh, well, heck yeah, if he you slept. sleep still too, was he a heavy sleeper? So you could just have place yourself. I mean, sleep. He, he, and I was the way we, I played ball back then. Yeah. 
I mean, you ain't going to get back home. We used to play those 8 o'clock games. You didn't get back home until one thirty two if you yeah. didn't get something to eat. Right. And then, uh, but he could sleep. He, I seen him put type classes over the, over the, uh, cave it up in the room. Yeah. Oh yeah. Put them, I mean, the type pins. Yeah. And put them up there where no sun could get in there. Oh yeah. People and, travel those pins now. And sleep all day. Cave it up, man. I'm, I got to work. I go to work at four thirty. I will get up on time. That's, that was his attitude. <laughs> Heck, I've I lean lamps lamps against the thing oh, in hotel yeah. rooms. I do anything I can to get as dark as possible. Did you have to work a second job back then? The off season? Oh yeah, I had I've done there. I did everything. What the heck? I sold cars, tried to, back in Charlotte. Uh, but mostly every year after I uh, got established in the minor leagues, I went to Venezuela three times. Played winter ball. Played at Caracas. Wow. Played with uh, 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 Aparicio, all those guys. Yeah. Tovar. Uh, who's the shortstop broker? I can't think of his name. Uh, oh, oh my gosh, that's terrible! This is terrible. Long the name of the C. Yeah, what can I think of it? See, so first stages, I think, it's getting me. <laughs> well, now you now you're getting me. <laughs> well, this is terrible. But anyway, uh, uh, and you know who's my manager? My manager one year down there, Sparky. He got fired after two weeks. He got fired in Venezuela. Yeah, after for what? I just they did. I was four. He was established. <laughs> Wow, fired. What was so he was your manager in the minor leagues and Venezuela, in Venezuela, yeah, in winter ball, yeah. Wow, was he not winning or what? No, we weren't winning. We didn't have a very good team. Uh, Pete was down there. They had the best team. They had the Reggio Otero team, who was with the Reds. Yeah. They had uh, Catfish Hunter and uh, uh, the guy I was just talking about had him at shortstop. Cesar Tovar, uh, Rose played second. Ken Harrelson played first. Wow. But you got catfish. How much money did you make? I mean, you go down there for the money? Yeah. We'd probably make uh, nine fifty to nine fifty a month. So sort of comparable. Bert Campanaris. Campanaris played shortstop. Rose played second. That was going to drive me nuts if I didn't yeah. come up with that. Ken Harrelson played. And uh, Bill Bryant was a catcher for Kansas City. Yeah. They had a, they had a, a good team. A, a, they can beat a lot of major league teams. Oh, I don't think there's any Tobar, doubt about that. Sandy uh, Valdespino, and yeah, uh, uh, who was the other fast one? Vic Davalio played center field. For them. Wow, they had a good team. I mean, uh, heck yeah. Well, you uh, you've been one of my favorite guys to be around. You are always like greet me uh, warmly and make me laugh and make others laugh, and you're a staple at Reds Fest and. Uh, I love that you still live here in Cincinnati. You're shaking your head. You're a humble man. But I'm an old man. What you just going to say? I've been around here a while. That's all right. Hey, man, it, it is what it is. But uh, you're a treasure, man. I can make Marty mad, too. Oh, that's – I know. You know what? You are one of the few that can get under his skin. It's very oh, – yeah. But he gets under mine, too, because he's uh, – You think? Because you he, can't get in a verbal argument with him. No. Know, because he's a big college guy. You know, he is very, very <laughs> punctuated. How do you get under his skin? I can't leave that one I, I can't. I can't tell you. <laughs> Because he always starts something on me, and then I just get mad, and I just go further. <laughs> he does seem to get try to get even a lot. All the time. And he's got the public forum to do at least he has. Hey, yeah, but that. I'm happy for him, aren't you? Oh, I'm for going tickled into the whole to death. Thing. I'm happy for the guy. The guy's, been, the guy's been here all his life. Oh, I mean, he's he is Reds baseball. He is. Listen, I'm, I'm, I go back to Wade Hoyt. I go Wade Hoyt, Claude Sullivan. Yeah. I go back to every one of them. 
Brenneman. Now yeah. they got a new. I don't know this new guy. I guess he'll be good. But I, I've been through all of them. Since you you go back to Wade Horse. You've been around here. A while. Heck yeah, there's no doubt about that. Tommy, it's been a pleasure, man. I, I appreciate you taking the time, and uh, I wish you nothing but uh, health and happy days ahead. Thank you very much, and, and to me, you look like you enjoy your work as good as anybody I've ever seen. I From do. From what enjoy I see it. on TV, I do. And I hope I you am very. I hope you continue to do that, and you have fun, because fun. If you if you work it and it's fun, it ain't hard. There's to There's no work. doubt about that. I am blessed, and I thank the Lord every day for uh, allowing me to do what I do. I appreciate it. Good for you. All right, that's Tommy Helms, everyone. What a treat! Thanks for listening to the Gym Day podcast. Hope you subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, you can follow along on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Jim Day TV. Again, thank you to Tommy Helms. Thank you for you out there listening. Hope you spread the word, and we'll see you next time on down the road here in the Jim Day Podcast.